Hello and welcome to the Euro Trips Across the Pod podcast. We are here for another season preview and this time it's a turn of the San Francisco 49ers. Now I'm here with a special guest, one of the main runners behind 49er Faithful UK, part of their podcast as well. I'm here with Paul Hope. How are you, Paul? Hi, Andy. Thanks for having me. Um, happy to join and always happy to talk all things San Francisco 49ers. Fantastic stuff. And we might as well go on to that question first of all. We like to ask every new guest why they support the team they do, especially UK fans. Um, so what made you a 49ers fan? So in 2012, a colleague joined my department and he was a Chicago Bears fan, a Bears fan even, can't get my words out. He came into Dress Down Day one day with this awesome 54 jersey on, Bears cap. And I was like, what on earth is that you're wearing? And he was like, it's a Bears jersey. And that Monday, the 49ers played the Bears on Monday Night Football. So he said, give it a watch. Come into work on the Tuesday and, and we'll have a bit of chat about it. And it was Colin Kaepernick's first start in the NFL. Oh, yeah. So I loaded up Game Pass, stayed up till stupid o'clock in the morning, and I was hooked from that moment on. Um, and that was the year that we went to the Super Bowl. Um, so I waited until the Super Bowl before deciding they were my team. And ironically, getting beat by the Ravens has cemented my fandomship of the 49ers because the next day I was walking to work with my lovely 49ers cap that I'd purchased the day before. And I got heckled in the street by some Raven fans. And I found myself very defensively, like, you can't chat with me about that. Yeah, you won. And I thought from that moment on, if I'm arguing with strangers in the street in Darlington in the UK, that would be sold. <laughs> so that's my introduction to the spot. So I bet you thought after that, you thought every year they'd make it, wouldn't you? After that first year, I bet you thought it was just a, oh. I bet it was a history of the team. You bet, bet you thought it was just regular basis. Yeah, so I fell in love with Kaepernick. He was my first jersey. Um, obviously, we got beat by the Ravens. We then went back to the NFC Championship game. So like you said, I, I thought, picked well here. Every year we're going to be involved. Um, so I have seen a lot of bad football in my time. I still shudder at Brian Hoyer throwing a pick six against the Rams on a Monday night game, which was like 1am start. And seven seconds into the game, the Rams are running a touchdown the other way. And I thought, shall I stay up? But... I then found the 49 affair for UK. So at that point, I thought I was the only person in the UK that was a 49ers fan. So I joined Twitter and that was primarily where I did all my interactions. And then I met Lee Gowland. He introduced me to the 49 affair for UK group. And as I was saying before, we have um, a Facebook group, which has a game day thread on any given Sunday. And there's always about two, two and a half thousand comments in there. It's always great to kind of know you're not alone. And obviously, I've had the ups of the Shanahan era. I've had the downs of Jim Tomsula and seen two Super Bowl losses. So <laughs> I'm hoping for a, a different outcome this season, which I'm sure we'll get into. Yeah. Well, that's uh, two more than I've seen. I've seen us play one playoff game in 10 years. So um, I envy that success in a way. Um, you sort of did allude to it just then, but I also like to ask new guests about how they watch NFL on Sundays. So for you, are you a purely Sky Sports man? Are you just Game Pass? Are you like me and have one your team on one screen and then Red Zone on the other? How does your NFL Sundays look? So I'm smiling because my better, long-suffering other half knows from September, the front room has two TVs which are permanently set up. Game Pass with the Reds. Well, if the 49s are playing, obviously they're on the main screen. The second screen is red zone. 
I have my several fantasy teams loaded up on my laptop. <laughs> I'll sometimes have an iPad with an extra game on. So I am fully, I don't watch any of the sports nowadays. It's just all about the NFL for me. So NFL Sunday is a bit of a religion in my house. Quarter to six comes, all the TVs get switched on. I get settled in with all my snacks, get my phone charged and I'm good to go. So yeah, I'm definitely a, a massive fan of the multi-screen option for watching NFL. That's amazing. And how, how are your fancy teams? How did you do last season? So I have one main league, which is with 12 good friends and it's a redraft league. And every year we meet up and we have a live draft night. Nice. And every year, my head rules, my heart rules my head. I end up with more 49ers than I should. And <laughs> last year, I picked Debo quite late. And obviously, the season Debo had, he, he took me into the semi-finals. So I haven't won that one, but I have about six or seven other leagues. I've had a little bit of success. I wouldn't say I'm great. However, yesterday, I was kindly invited to the Scott Fish Bowl for this oh, year. Yeah. So I'm busy. I was preparing for our pod today. But the draft's on Monday, so I am definitely going to have to get some prepping because yeah. that's going to be massive. I'm really amazed to get invited to that. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think that's a really good good thing to get invited to. I mean, my league's won two of three, albeit one of them was a four-man league. So everyone's team was just absolutely stacked. I think I had Josh Allen, Derek Henry, Cooper Cup and Stefan Diggs or something like that. It was bonkers. And obviously, I had two fans that were just getting into it. So they sort of weren't the best at picking players. So... I don't think I'll see that ever again, that team stacked. But um, it's all good fun, though, isn't it? I find that I wanted to get into it for years, the fantasy side of things. Now I eventually got into it, and now it's just every Sunday, same with FPL, to be honest. Like, you watch the games and you sort of get so engrossed in these games you would never normally get, like, I don't know, Jaguars against the Jets or something, or something like, I don't know, some media game that's got nothing riding on the season, like two seven seven teams, for example. You just get into it and you get really... Um, Thing. So thank you, Mark Andrews, if he's listening for my wins last year. Um, the 49ers, so your off-season for um, this summer. Uh, mains, ins include Charles Davis Ward, Ray Ray McLeod and Tyler Croft. Do them for me if I've missed anyone out. Uh, outs, Laken Tomlinson, Raheem Mostert, Jaquisqui Tart, uh, Alex Mack to retirement and Fran Gore did sign a one-day contract to retire as a 49er. In the draft, um, no first-round picks, but you did draft defensive end in the second round, Drake Jack- Drake Jackson, running back Ty- Tyrion Davis-Price, and this year's Mr. Relevant in quarterback, Brock Birdie. Um, so overall, Paul, how have you found this off-season so far for your team? Well, as, as a 49ers fan, there's, there's always some kind of controversy, for want of a better word. Obviously, you've mentioned a quarterback. I didn't think it was going to be Brock Purdy that we would mention first. A massive loss for us is Lakin Tomlinson going to the Jets. I do a Thursday afternoon show on Let's Talk Sports and my co-host is a Jets fan. So when the news broke of Tomlinson going to the Jets, it was kind of bittersweet because he was a big part of our offensive line last year. But with the salary cap, there was no way we were going to be able to match what he got. You've touched upon the Alex Mack retiring. That's the big question at the moment. So in OTAs, it looks like Jake Brendel has been taken the majority of the snaps at centre. But when you've got Trent Williams on your offensive line, you've always got a, a fighting chance, for want of a better word. So OTAs have been interesting this year, not just for Trey Lance. It's been interesting to see how the offensive line is going to shape up because Kyle Shanahan has a certain way of playing. He likes his O-lineman to be athletic. It's no secret we're a run-heavy team, so your all-line needs to be able to protect 
that run, create the gaps. Um, the draft, I was happy with Drake Jackson. I mean, defensive line, defensive endman, uh, 10 a penny at the 49. I think we've got 15 at the moment, which I may be biased, but all 15 could walk into another NFL team. I mean, the premier one is Nick Bosa. If Jackson can be half as good as Nick Bosa, and Bosa came out at OTAs and said that Drake Jackson was pretty decent. Now, if you talk about putting a target on someone's back, Nick Bosa is identifying you. And the knock on Draxon coming out of college was, if you looked at the tear, it didn't jump off. But when you went back into it, he had issues with his weight. But that was because at college, they asked him to play different roles. And from what he's done at OTAs, if he can be on the other half of Bosa, that's going to be amazing. Again, um, Ryan's, it's going to be his last year as defensive coordinator. He nearly went to the Vikings as head coach. I definitely think he's going to be there or thereabouts next year. He likes to get after the quarterback. He, we make no bones about it. our front seven are coming after that quarterback. But Ward was an interesting pickup for me. Um, some 49 er for UK wanted us to go maybe he's a bit more at the elite level. JC Chapman was kind of banded about. There was no way we were paying 20, 21 million dollars a year for a secondary. I was quite surprised that we actually picked Ward up because I think his average is 14 to 15 per year, which is quite a big spend for Shanahan. But from what I've seen of Ward, I have a fan who, a friend who's a, a Chiefs fan, season ticket holder at the Chiefs over in the States. And as soon as we picked him up, he texted me and was like, you've got some player there. So that that's always good to hear. Yeah. I mean, that team, you got that defence especially. You've got, you know, Eric Armstead, Nick Bosa, you've got Fred Warner, um, you know, other players, even like people like uh, Jimmy Jimmy Ward on in the safety. You've got Chavarius Ward now from the Chiefs, I think, as you said this then. I, I think it's a really good team. And I think that we might, we might as well go into now because I do think the one glaring issue you've probably got at the moment is callback. I mean, I've been a big defender of Jimmy G on previous episodes all throughout last year. I've always been big on the fact that he's, he's won games, even though it's not really been down to him. But obviously this summer... Everyone thought after the Rams game that he would he would it'd be a last game. I think even look at Trey Lance's press conference after the um, not long after that game, he was sort of implying that it was Jimmy G's last run. But he's still here, and there's been reports in the off season that the the staff have been underwhelmed by him. Other reports are saying that that's not the case, and he's shown potential. So, in terms of your point of view, Paul, as a 49ers fan, um, how do you see the season going? In terms of do you see it being Trey Lance immediately week one? Do you see Jimmy G playing the whole year or do you see something completely different? I think it's Trey Lance's team. So before we start, like you, I think most of the 49er for the UK, we were all big Jimmy fans. I mean, I touched upon it before, Brian Hoyer, Blaine Gabbett. We traded for Jimmy back end of 2017 and he blew us away with those five games. He, he was the man. We all got the jerseys. We have in-season meetups with the 49er for the UK and it was a bit like the Packers. It was, you know, spot the Rodgers jerseys. It was spot the number 10s. I have two of them myself. Um, like you last year, I was a big fan of Jimmy, big defender of Jimmy. As a 49 supporter, when we traded for Trey Lance, they came out and said he isn't starting straight away. He, he needs time to learn. He didn't play a lot of college. Now, the NFC Championship game you touched upon there, that was the day that I ruptured my Achilles, January the 30th. 41 years of age, went out for a run because I knew I was still up late that night watching the Rams game and ruptured my Achilles. And watching that game, Jimmy was done on that last drive. 
we were basically a drive away from being in the Super Bowl and that would have been for Jimmy. Now, the injuries have played a part. Obviously, he tore his ACL against the Chiefs in 2018. 2019 was a season I'll never forget. That was my favourite season as a 49er fan. We book a Super Bowl meet-up at the start of every season. So we always have our meet-up in Newcastle because most of us are from the northeast. And the 2019 season, day one, we book our meet-up and the 49ers win the first three games and the first seven games. And then the momentum was like, yeah. we're going to be in the Super Bowl. So the meet-up was unbelievable. There was about 55 49ers fans. And up until 10 minutes from the end of the game, it was a really, really good night. But we all remember the heartache. We remember Jimmy overthrowing Sanders. 2020 was a bit of a wasted season with the injuries. And then last year, as a 49ers fan, it was an absolute emotional roller coaster. I mean, at one point, it looked like Jimmy was done. The Colts game in the rain was one of the worst games I've ever seen. And at that point, I think me included, we were saying, rip the band-aid off, put Trey in. And it just goes to show you sometimes what do we know as fans. Carl Shanahan's up with Jimmy and we bring it back to, we were a drive away. So I do think the press conference Jimmy gave um, end of the season when he thanked the faithful and he said he was moving on. The only reason I think he's still here is the, the, the shoulder. I think delaying the surgery. Now, I'm in a unique situation because I didn't get surgery on my injury. The doctors said they preferred to see conservatively. So I think that's what happened to Jimmy. I think he's gone to consult his doctor. They've said, let's see how it responds to treatment. And then, unfortunately for the 49ers, the timing of the surgery has meant no team's trading for a quarterback that can't throw the ball. So that's created the kind of controversy. Now, because I focus primarily on the 49ers, I watch all the OTAs, I watch all the content creators. The noise that I'm hearing coming out of training camp and OTAs is Trey Lance is the man. He's impressing, not just on the field, He's impressing in the locker room. He's impressing at the press conferences. Um, I did a podcast on Sunday and Trade come out and defended Debo. I don't know if you saw, there was an incident where Debo had a training camp for children. The rules clearly stated you weren't allowed to approach him to have something signed. And one of the fans um, had sent his son with a 49ers ball. Debo pushes him away. That news broke. It looks horrific when you look at that 30-second clip. But then when it came out that, the kid got a photo with Debo later, got a signed photograph. And it was nice to see Trey Lance come out and say, don't question my boy's character. Now, I'm sure we'll touch upon the Debo contract situation on this pod. So I'll bring it back to Trey Lance. But for me, Jimmy at the moment, unfortunately, injuries are a part of the game in the NFL. So it does the 49ers no sense to cut Jimmy at the moment. One, he wouldn't pass a physical. So we'd be on the hook for the 7.5 million injury settlement. And two, Another team would pick him up. The team I'm got my eye on is the Seattle Seahawks. So if the if the Seahawks are going to pick Jimmy up, why cut him now? For me, cut him day one of the season and he's got no time to get prepared. And I know that sounds harsh, um, but as a 49ers fan, you've got to do what's best for the 49ers. But I don't think there's any quarterback controversy. I don't think Jimmy... I, I don't think we see him on the field again because if he gets injured that injury settlement kicks back in. And I don't think it's the right move for all parties, but as you can see with my custom NFL <laughs> Bugs T-shirt, I'm all in on Trey. Yeah, no, I, I do think it's only a matter of time before he does start. I've still, I've still got a feeling he will play at some point, but from everything you said, it sounds like uh, Trey Lance is the man. Of course, going back to that season, you mentioned 2019, of course, I was in, um, 
I was actually in Boston the day of that Saints game you had. I think it was 45-41, I want to say, where I was watching the Patriots-Chiefs game uh, in, in New England. And um, I remember, obviously, you couldn't watch it properly because you were sort of in the tailgate situation. But I remember just in the corner of my eye, I kept seeing update after update from that game. And it, that's one of the best games we saw that year. So that was um, a good season. And I got a friend I used to work with, who I still keep in contact with, a man named Jake. And he... Um, I remember being worked within the whole year and sort of going through that journey with him where we had one of our worst seasons ever in my lifetime and then he had one of their best. So, um, yeah, that was a good good team. And I think I love George Kittle. I think he's not only on the pitch, but I think off the field as well. His personality is so infectious. Um, yeah, brilliant team. But obviously one of your big offensive weapons is the man we mentioned just briefly then in Debo Samuel. The whole off-season story has been, of course, about his... Uh, what is request for a new deal uh, and it hasn't seemed to have gone away. I mean, it's gone a bit quite recently. There was a lot of talk sort of around the same time that you know, Devontae Adams and Tyreek Hill got traded. Um, hasn't gone away. And I'm looking at an article here from um, Cardswire, which is saying that he's seeking a new contract still um, and things have got better apparently, but a new deal may happen, but he hasn't yet rescinded his trade request. So in terms of a man in the know like yourself, um, do you, do you think he'll stay now or is there any way you might see him still get a trade before the season starts? Well, before I answer that, you, you did bring up something that I think I'll share with you. So the Saints game you mentioned, that was our in-season meet-up. So we went to oh. Edinburgh. We took over a sports bar in Edinburgh and 35 49ers fans and two Saints fans that were over from the States and their honeymoon had reached out and said, can we watch the game with you? And that was hands down one of the best games I've ever seen. And I chuckled because you mentioned the Patriots-Chiefs game. It's one of the few NFL games I haven't got any recollection of because the way that Saints game went and the celebrations afterwards, I only remember there was a game because you've mentioned it there, but that Saints game will live in the memory. And George Kittle is a big favourite fighting NFL for the UK. Anyone who follows me on social media will see when it looked like we were moving on from Jimmy last year and they released the new jerseys with the 75 bad John, you didn't have many options. And the short story is... 90% of the faithful in the UK got a Kittle jersey. So when we had our meet up in Bristol, it was spot the 85s. And we <laughs> took a photograph with our our flag, which is hanging up behind me. And there was like 12 of us all in Kittle jerseys. And we tagged Kittle on Twitter, as you do. And he liked it and he gave it a, re- a retweet. So that, that was good to see. But to answer your question about Debo, so we had two of the 49 faithful UK out in Vegas. The 49ers had invited some of us over. I couldn't make it because I wasn't able to fly. So as you can imagine, the run up to the to the trade, the, the run up to the draft was his Debo going to get traded. So we were constantly back and forth with messages. And when it didn't happen on day one, we all said it's not happening now. I think the Jets gave a, a lukewarm deal, but the problem Debo has is the CBA. He's in the last year of his rookie contract. He can't hold out. The 49ers could arguably play him on that rookie contract, which I think he's due to get $4.8 million this year. Then we could franchise tag him next year. Now, that is a situation nobody wants because if you look at how Debo played last year, he was our offence. Let's make no bones about it. I went back and watched the games again as part of our end-of-season review and my notebook was just Debo, Debo, Debo. It was just unbelievable the season he had. The trade... Request hasn't been rescinded, but I do think that's part of the business element of it. He was at OTAs, unlike Metcalf, 
at the Seahawks, which we had a chuckle as being our NFC West rivals. He didn't participate other than he was throwing the ball back and forth with Kyle Shanahan's son. He was relaxed on the sidelines. George Kittle has come out recently, did a podcast with Josh Allen, busting with the boys, and he said the deal will get done. It's just the way the 49ers do business. We always do it in or around training camp. The date to watch out for, for me, is the 27th of July, because that's day one of training camp. And I think Debo, understandably, would want a deal in place. Now, I'm a fan. I want Debo to stay, but I have no problems with him trying to get as much money as he possibly can. The season he had last year, he can't continue to be used like that. He's not going to last long in the league. But I think it was out of necessity. And you touched upon in the the draft, we've traded for Tyrion Davis-Price, who was a big bruising back. And I think you're going to see him get the bulk of the up-the-gut work. And I still think Shanahan will use Debo in and around the red zone. And Shanahan does like to dig into his bag of tricks, for want of a better word. So I, I don't think we'll see Debo primarily as a wide receiver. But Shanahan does like to kind of keep people guessing. And you'll probably be aware of this. The NFL is a copycat league. Every defensive coordinator will have been watching the same tape me and you have been watching. And they'll be looking at ways to stop Debo Samuel, but that's why I believe Trey Lance may be better than outsiders are expecting. Because if you look at how Jimmy plays, Jimmy doesn't need to beat you deep. He needs to beat you at the line of scrimmage and those 10, 12 yards, then the yards after the catch boys kick in. Where with Trey Lance, he's got a cannon and people seem to forget he played against the Texans. And one of the highlights of the season was a lovely across the field. He rolls out the pocket, gets his feet set, Boom, long ball to Debo Samuel. Now, I have a good friend who loves Jimmy G. And he went over to Levi's. That was his first game at Levi's and Jimmy was injured. So he was absolutely devastated because he is Jimmy super fan. Uh, Neil Watson, my, my friend's called. And he came back and he said Trey was really good in the second half. Some things you don't see sometimes unless you're at the game. And he said Jimmy had his arm around him. And he was convinced from that moment it was going to be Treasure, but I, I see Debo staying. I think the sticking point is a guaranteed money. I think Debo's looking at you've said there, he's looking at Tyreek Hill, he's looking at Devent Adams, and he's thinking, I want some of that. I think there'll be some mi- middle ground. I don't think he's quite that level yet for me personally. Um, and the danger is sometimes you can overpay and then the production drops off. But I'm happy, I think he's going to stay, is my answer. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, hopefully he feels like that, that does happen. Um, one big component of your offence last year was the work of your, at the time, coordinator, Mike McDaniel, who is now, of course, my team's new head coach. Um, so, obviously, I've only seen him bits of him. He seems like a very cool guy. I mean, and he seemed like a very big part of that 49 success for the last two years or so. Um, what he told me about him from a, someone who's watched his games week after week about what we're going to expect from Mike McDaniel? I definitely think you'll see, similar to how the 49ers played, I think McDaniel is kind of, I'm not going to say Trey Lance and and Tua uh, are exactly the same, but obviously McDaniel played the run game quite heavy. So Carl Shanahan is the offensive coordinator. McDaniel had that title, all in name only, but he's worked with Shanahan since back in Washington. He's been with Kyle all the way through. Now, Personally, I was happy to see him get the chance at the Dolphins. I have a lot of friends who are Dolphins fans, so you're not the first Dolphins fan to reach out to me and say, (laughs) what do we expect? Obviously, I think Tyreek Hill, you may be surprised. I think he may be used. When I say like Debo, I don't mean 
as a running back up the gut. But I think you might see a few jet sweeps, a few throws behind scrimmage. And if you go back to the Chiefs-Bills game and you see that touchdown, that hill, he just he comes from behind and he just hits open space. Speed kills the NFL. So I have a good friend who's a Chiefs fan who's absolutely devastated that you guys have signed Hill. And I think he may jump ship because he's more a Hill fan than he was a Chiefs fan. But McDaniel, it's, it's, it's a big loss for us. Um, but Carl Shanahan has shown over the years that he wants his coaching staff to progress. He doesn't stand in anyone's way. I did like McDaniel's unveiling when he was on the plane and he had the phone and he rings yeah. Tua. As you'll see, we have a good locker room culture at the 49ers. Carl Shanahan is a player's coach. Even in the off years that we've had under Carl, you've never heard anyone coming out mourning. You've never heard any whinging. You never hear any kind of locker room leaks. And I think McDaniel will do the same. If you want a comparison, look at Salah at the Jets. Salah went to the Jets. He's been given a bit of time. Salah has put in place a similar defence to what he had at the 49ers. He's turned over the offset, offensive side of the ball to the right people. But I think for yourselves, it should be an exciting time. And we play you at Levi's. That's one of the games that I've got yeah. circled. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking forward to what you say about that in a few minutes when we do go through our season predictor. So now it's time for the final segment. As you all know by now, it is the turn of our record predictor. So we're going to go through each game and ask each fan, uh, after each game, win, loss or tie. So, week one, you start on the road, Soldier Field against the Chicago Bears, win, loss or tie? Win. And then week two, it's a home game against the Seattle Seahawks. That's a win for the first time in a long time. It also be, it's been, if it was something like, I want to say something like 15 years or something, it's been, if I'm right in thinking that. They've... In my whole time as a 49ers fan, they have pretty much owned us. There's been the odd ray of light, especially um, when we went up to week 17 a couple of years ago and we beat them with Greenlaw. But because Wilson's not there and they've lost some pieces, yeah, um, that one's marked as a win. Though we could see Jimmy as a Seahawk in that one, and that's the mm. home opener for the 49ers. Yeah, especially as I think, since I think they've ruled out now getting Baker Mayfield. So I think it is really just just him left really out the good quarterbacks that are left. So could well be like a revenge tour for Jimmy Garoppolo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, week three, you, you mentioned Russell Wilson. You travelled to Denver as you faced the Broncos. I've got that as our first loss purely because of Russell Wilson. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Doesn't get any easier. You then, you then play at home, the Los Angeles Rams, the current champions, uh, win-loss or tie. We win. That's regular season game. We, we do well against the Rams in the regular season. I think we win this one. Just not the postseason. season <laughs> <laughs> uh, Week five, um, two very easy games coming up. You've got on the road against the Carolina Panthers. Yeah, we win that one. And we also win the week after against the Falcons. That's Coney. Um, that's going to be a 4-2 record, if I'm not wrong. Um so that is not a bad start. Oh, no, sorry, five and one. Apologies. Um, and then week seven, you face the Kansas City Chiefs at home. I have this one as a loss, to be honest with you, at the moment, yeah. looking at the schedule. Yeah, and I do think that, even though he lost Hill, I do think that Juju's going to have some, not, maybe not the same level as Tyreek Hill, but I do think that he's going to have a much better time than he did with an ageing Ben Roethlisberger. So, 
they're still going to be there and thereabouts. Um, week eight against the Rams once again. This time, um, yeah, so week eight, um, win, loss, or tie. I think we lose this one. I think we go into the bye week on these two losses. I think the 49er faith will go into meltdown. We have the bye week, get reset, and then it doesn't get any easier because we play the Chargers in the next game, November the 14th. Yes. Really look forward to this one because I'm a massive Justin Herbert fan, as is my colleague Nadji. He was an Oregon fan, so he's been shouting about Herbert. I think this one could be the element of a shootout, and I'm going to put my rose-tinted glasses on and say 49ers win. Okay, okay. I mean, Herbert is the bane of my life. Constantly hearing the um, six overall pick stuff and uh, that thing. I think my ha- mine haunt us for a long time. Uh, week 11, you travel to Mexico as you face the Arizona Cardinals. I think we win this one. We travel quite well. Like you said, it's an international game, so kind of neutral ground for both. The Cardinals don't tend to do well second half of the season, so I have this one penciled as a win. Fair play. And then week 12, we mentioned the Saints before. You play them at home in week 12. I think we'll win this one. I am more worried about the Saints' defence than their offence, especially now that the head coach has been promoted from defensive coordinator. But um, I just hope for as good as a game as the one we talked about earlier, because if it's as good as that game, then I think every neutral fan will be happy. Oh, absolutely. Um, Here's the big one. Week 13, at home against the Miami Dolphins. See, you'll probably think I'm just saying this to kind of curry favour, for want of a better word, but I do think you win this one. Okay, um, that's good. So I didn't want to go through every game and put, be like, win, 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 win. So <laughs> I have tried to look at it yeah. unbiased, for want of a better word. Fair enough. Uh, week 14, tough test at home to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. See, I think we win this one. So to kind of double back, out with those two games, the Dolphins and Tampa, we only win one of those games. So if the Dolphins beat us, I think we beat Tampa Bay. If it's the other way around. But again, that game, Tom Brady's going to be well fired up for that one. It's been well documented. He wanted to come to the 49ers. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think we lose to the Dolphins as it stands at the moment. We beat Tampa Bay. Okay. Uh, week 15, once again against Seattle, this time on the road. Um, how are you seeing this one? Hope for a win. This could be a, a potential banana skin because it's Seattle, but at the moment, I'm going to say a win for the 49ers, purely because I think by that stage of the season, Seattle will have nothing left to play for at all. Yeah, I think you're right there. Um, week 16 against the newly named Washington Commanders at home. How are you seeing this one? This one is a massive game for me. One of my best friends is a Washington fan. It's a Christmas Eve game, so my other half wasn't too keen when on Christmas Eve I wrote nine o'clock on the calendar, 49ers game. And I did say it could be worse. We could have been playing on Christmas Day. I think we beat the Commanders, purely because I need the bragging rights over my friend. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, week 17, you then, on the road, you mentioned Vegas before, you played the Las Vegas Raiders in week 17. Yeah, again, I think we win this one as well which Raiders fans will probably disagree with, but hey ho. <laughs> and then finally, week 18, you face Arizona this time at home. How are you seeing this one? I'm hoping by this time we've won the division, we're in the playoffs, Kyle rests a few players, it's a nothing game. So on that basis, I think the Cardinals may get that one because obviously it's a divisional rival. It's very hard to sweep the rivals. I mean, unless it's the Rams, we always tend to sweep them in the regular season, which... I'm getting that dig in before they come at me. Yes, I know there's a Super Bowl chance. Yes, they beat us in the playoffs, but regular season, 
Carl yeah. Shanahan team of the number. But I think going on that, I'm going to give that as a Cardinals win. Purely as there's nothing left to play for. Yes, could well be that. So that means you've got the season ending with a 12 and 5 record, which you would think, especially in the NFC, would see you making the playoffs. So on that basis, a bonus question, a bonus prediction. You make the playoffs with that 12 and 5 record. How far do you see the team going in the postseason? This is the million dollar question because of Carl Shanahan and Trey Lance. You could see it both. You could see us going on a run like we did last year. A lot of people may laugh at me for this, but we nearly were there and I would have fancied our chances against the Bengals. So if it all clicks and we play as well as I think we can, I think basically we can go all the way. Um, obviously, it's July the 6th. I'm being ever the optimist. So I can't really say, oh, yes, I'm going to predict the Super Bowl here. But um, I would love to see us go deep into the playoffs. I mean, the problem you've got is Jimmy took us to the NFC Championship game last year. And people are going to say, if Trey Lance doesn't get to there, is the season a failure? For me, if we make the playoffs in Trey's first season, you can't say that as a failure. And then, as we all know, playoff football is totally different. I mean, look at the 49ers last year. Went into Green Bay, beat the Packers. Went into Dallas, beat Dallas. Nearly went into LA and beat the Rams. So it just depends. But I, I can see us doing well, personally. Fair play, fair play. So that is the end of the podcast. But before we go, um, anyone who's listening, any 4 times fans listening, haven't yet found you on social media, how can they find both yourself and also the 49ers Faithful UK page? So we have a Facebook page for the 49er Faithful UK. It is a closed group only for 49ers fans. We have a massive presence on Twitter, which is at 49 Faithful UK. And myself, I'm very active on Twitter. My own one is at Paul underscore Hope 10. Anyone who is already following me and listening to your podcast will say the sick of seeing my tweets and I make no apologies for that. I use Twitter for fantasy football and for 49ers, but I also like to interact with other fan bases. I'm not just purely for 49ers. We do have an in-season meetup planned for week one. So possibly looking at leads. So that'll be, we'll pick a sports bar. We'll obviously get game pass put on in there if we're not on the Sky game. It's normally free to come. There's no cost other than your travel. And it's always good to watch football with other 49ers fans. So we always try to have one a year. The reason we've gone for week one is it's a six o'clock game. The danger of being a 49ers fan is we only have two six o'clock games this season. So we always find the six o'clock games are better. And like I said, anyone who isn't following me on social media, if you drop me a follow, I'll always follow back. And I'm, I'd love to interact with more people. And thanks for having me on. No problem at all. And anyone, do check that out if you want to get involved with the social media and if you're a 49ers fan. So that has been the 49ers season review preview, I should say, with Paul Hope. And we will see you for our next season preview.